You might not realize it, but life has a soundtrack. For most of us, it sounds a bit like... But you can always change the station. In hundreds of Delta Airlines destinations, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. We talk about like, how do you streamline your business so it creates more value for you today in terms of like profitability and time, but also long-term. And we also talked a little bit about like, how do you achieve that followed by all? So if you spend all this time creating a process or a system, how do you get it so your team feels bought in and they're actually going to follow that process, which I know a lot of business owners struggle with. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses, but how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we are talking about processes and how they can help streamline your business and make you more profitable. And we've been talking to these experts because we really wanted to like dive into practical ways. We talk all about increasing value. Now we have some people that are giving you advice and that can help you. So I interviewed Greta Scholz from Scholz Business Solutions, S-E-L-L Solutions. She is absolutely great. She's talking about um obviously sales and business coaching and 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 talking about taking your organization to the next level she's very practical she's down here in west palm i've known her for many years award winning uh speaker so she's great yeah and i um uh, i also talked to a process and systems expert daphne from launchpoint co uh, out in denver colorado and daphne also very practical tips but we talk about like how do you streamline your business so it creates more value for you today in terms of like profitability and time, but also long-term. And we also talked a little bit about like, how do you achieve that followed by all? So if you spend all this time creating a process or a system, how do you get it so your team feels bought in and they're actually going to follow that process, which I know a lot of business owners struggle with. Yeah. And just talking about entrepreneurs, right? So I interviewed Michael Dill. I happened to have a copy of his book, Knock It Out of the Park Leadership, The ABCs of Entrepreneurial Success. Coach Michael, uh, he is great. He's with Action Coach, but he uh, really does it all. And he has a great story. And he has, again, very, very practical advice for you to help you streamline your business, help you be more successful. Uh, I, I think there are really three great conversations. Yeah. And we really want to do this as an extension. We had our exit planning or increased business valuation podcast a few episodes back. So we wanted to dive deeper, like Andy said, into something tactical that you can implement in your business today. Ton of takeaway value in this in this episode. Obviously still with our listings of the week and deals of the week as always. Yeah, we got a lot of them. So let's get to it. Let's jump in. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888 719 9098. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we are continuing to talk about how do you implement all the things that we've ever talked about of making your business more sellable, more valuable. And we thought it would be very helpful to bring some people on that do that for businesses because uh, all the advice that Jessica and I seem to give sometimes falls on deaf ears or they just have kind of, it's hard. It's hard to be a business owner. So I am bringing on a dear friend of mine, one of the best business coaches I know, Greta Schulz from Schulz Business. And she has a new podcast coming out, which is called Pivot. Yep, that's it. Pivot, Pivot with Robert Schulz. So Greta, welcome. And 
you know, we were talking a little bit beforehand about making a business more valuable and you were bringing up some very good points. So why don't you do a quick hello and then we could jump right in. Well, hello to everybody. I'm really happy to be here. Andy's one of my favorite people in the world. I'm not going to go too much into that because, you know, his head will get big. Yeah. But I, I think um, Andy and I were talking a little bit about, you know, businesses and business growth. And he's saying, you're right. Some people listen to some things, some people listen to other things, and it is hard. But I'll tell you one of the things that I see as a coach and coaching small to large businesses, one of the things that people, first of all, it's very successful for you as, as running a business. And if you are trying to prepare it to sell, one of the things that somebody's going to look at if they're smart, they're going to look at what are your processes internally? And there should be processes in every area of your business. But when it comes to building business, growing your business, your sales force, or even your service force, people that are, are client facing, what is the process that you use? And I don't mean a script. I don't mean, you know, that you do this, then this. I'm not talking about in a box, but it's really important to help people understand that there needs to be some level of process and that's where success comes from so they can repeat it. And I think that's going to be really, really important for people to understand. Yeah, I, you know, of course, there's the E-Myth book and systematizing your business and understanding your processes. Yeah, we see it all the time. And we talk about that, you know, you don't want to be the chief cook and bottle washer and you don't want to have a business where you don't understand your key performance indices, indices or whatever you want to call it, KPIs. Yeah, yes. So, yes. so, uh, so how do you, how, you know, like, so we're dealing with a lot of times baby boomers, right? Right. Sometimes they barely uh, computerized their business or forget <laughs> systematizing it, but computerized yeah. your business. Yeah. And sometimes they're, you know, just stuck in their old fashioned ways. How do you get a business owner like that off the schneid and kind of talking about how they have to do this? Well, I'll tell you the one thing that that's probably not going to work is say, you have to do this. This is the way you have to do it because, you know, we're all big kids. And remember when we were kids and our parents would say, do this or don't do that and be like, okay, sure. That was the opposite of what we did. But I think, you know, for me, I sit down with them and say, where are you now? Where are you looking to go? Are you on track to get there? Why are, you know, why or why not? And we break that down. But, you know, I think one of the biggest things, Andy, is that, depending on when somebody is looking, analyzing their business, you know, especially after the, the recession of 7, 08, 09, right after that, people started business building business back up. And I don't know that they really realize that some of that is luck. And I mean, I'm not a believer that there's a lot of luck. You have to, you have to make luck. I get that. Right. But if you don't really know what happened, if it was starting to pick back up and things are looking pretty good, now is really the time to start implementing some of those things. Even if you look back and say, where did our business come from? What types of industries? You know, are they calling us? Or are we calling them? Are there, you know, those types of things are really important because then when you go back and somebody says, I'm looking at your business, it's valued at $10 million you know, where did this come from? And you're dancing around. They don't feel confident in following that up. I mean, that's kind of, I mean, you know this better than me, but you look at kind of a McDonald's, right? There's a reason why you do things exactly the same. And I don't think in a business you can do things exactly the same. I mean, we're all different. It's not a McDonald's, but there right. are some systems that you do want to put in place. And how do you help those people? You, you need to lay it out with them and let them self-discover that they're really not on the way to you know, retire at this age or get $10 million for their business. If they're not on that way, often that self-discovery will help move them you know, off the pin because you, can't, you cannot just sit and tell them, you're not gonna make it if you keep doing this because this is what happens, right? Right, so they, so they have to actually suggest their own advice, kind of come up, you know, almost come up with the idea themselves. So is that discovery process something that you walk people through? Yeah. And what's funny about that is that discovery process, you know, people accuse me of saying that that's like psychology. Well, yeah, it is. And sales is actually very much the same. Sales is a process. It's a psychology of asking good questions and getting people to self-realize 
what they want or don't want, how their your product or service would help them or not help them. I mean, that's self-discovery. And when you're talking to a business owner, you have to help them look at those same things because nobody believes the problem with coaching, it's not coaching is helping somebody get to their own conclusion at what they want. That's what coaching is. And managing is telling people what to do, right? So you manage things and you lead or coach people. Coaching is getting them to do what they want to do and finding ways for them to do it comfortably out of their comfort zone, but somewhat comfortably, or they're not going to do it. You're not a dictator. Right. And I'm I'm sure certainly not a dictator, especially sometimes entrepreneurs, right? They can certainly be uh, stubborn or stuck in their ways. Right. And yeah. So, you know, once you kind of identify what they kind of need to do, you know, how do, how do you get them to implement? I mean, you know, or is it just that they're so motivated, they're excited about their own ideas kind of thing? Well, and here's the thing, right. And here's the thing about motivation. You can't motivate anybody to do anything. They have to be able to motivate themselves. And that's part of your job as a coach, or if you own a business and you have people that work for you, your job is to get them to self-motivate by asking good questions and learning about what really does turn them on. That's really all the way throughout your organization, whether you're a small entrepreneur with a few people that work with you or a large corporation, that's all about motivation. So when they are motivated and you've reached that piece in them that they say, you know what, I'm excited. This is the day I want to do this. And when I do it, I'm going to make this money and I'm going to travel or I'm going to whatever it is they do. Once they self-identify that, it is a lot easier to get them to implement. The other thing though about implementing is we can talk all day long about implementing things, but I'm a big believer in having a clear next step. You've got to be able to, okay, so we're going to do this. Here's step one. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I can, how will you do it? All right, so now let's talk about when you will have that accomplished. Not maybe, not I'm going to try. Trying just doesn't even count. When do you feel, well, you know what? I'm going to be away for, for three weeks. Fine. Then let's look at when you come back. What's that time frame? You've got to set those drop dead dates. And that's with anybody trying to put some processes in their business. And it's also with anybody, if you're trying to get your employees, your salespeople, your anybody in your organization to do what you'd like them to do, it works exactly the same way. We always have to have a clear next step and a very defined goal. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the day I had my Tony Robbins 23 tapes and couldn't get past step tape four because I, because I, you know, it, the, it just got harder and harder. So I yes. would imagine that you know, it's, this is an elephant. You, you know, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite so at a time. That's exactly so right. You, so it's, it's about putting that process in place, right? It is. But, you know, it's interesting that you say that when you did Tony Robbins or attempted to do that, that was how many years ago, right? Oh, many. I, I, we're talking like 30 years ago. Exactly. Right? So, so here's the difference. If somebody told you today to, okay, you know, you want to take Fran's world to this level and you got all excited to do it. I bet if Tony Robbins was, this is what we're going to follow, you would have done it. Right. Right. So it really is, it has to come from inside of you. You can't beat anybody up to do that. I mean, they have to, they have to believe it if they want it. But I will tell you, if they think they want it, but they don't want to work that hard at it, then they're probably not going to reach it because it's going to take some, you need somebody to coach you, but you need to be able to make those steps and not make excuses. Yeah, I, I I believe a lot in you know being motivated and uh, but I don't necessarily believe in self help. I mean, I you know I've been coached enough in my life uh, on different levels of things that I wanted to do in my life and realized that you know self help doesn't really work. So listening to you know this podcast doesn't it, it helps? It gives you an idea of what you need to do. But I do really believe in that coaching idea. Obviously, my whole business is built around coaching. We happen to coach in one specific thing. We help coach you through a sale. What I can coach you for and what we're not good at, and that's why you're sitting here, is helping people coach to be more effective in their business or help them coach people to be more effective. 
Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, there is there are people that, you know, over the years that have hired me and kind of said, here, take my group and, you know, make it happen. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This comes from you. And if you don't do the things, if you don't, you know, it's almost like saying, okay, you know, I, I call it the liquid diet, right? So everybody wants to lose weight. They all go on a liquid diet, they lose weight, and then they go back to what they were doing. Well, that's not going to help. So coaching is just like if you went to the gym, it's a long-term process. You take one step at a time. You have to have somebody help you break it down. And then you say, okay, so here's step one. When are we going to be able to accomplish this? And, and you'll be able to read that too. There's a hemming and hawing of, you know, busy. I'm not sure. Okay. So if you don't want to do this, let's not do it because I'm not, you know, I'm only overseeing what you're doing. It's you doing it. So really it is about motivation and self-help. It has to come from inside of you. Yeah. You can right. get tips. Like you said, your podcast will give people tips. Uh, books and and other podcasts and all sorts of things will give them tips, but if it doesn't come from inside of them, so they really have to do a good job of understanding what does the end result look like for them and what will they get when they have it. That's the biggest key. Right, right. What are you looking for? Yeah, you know, and and it's funny because you said that uh, earlier. You know, not everybody has the same goals in business and in this yeah. process, right? Uh, um, you know, I was talking to uh, somebody else recently about selling their business and their goal is not money. You know, the goal is not money. The goal is changing their lifestyle. You're and 100% right. 100. You know, it's funny, Andy. I, uh, you know, I, I've known Andy for a long time, as Andy said, and I have a friend who was, he, he's, you know, an associate is more friend with my husband, but he's had a business for years and years and years and years. He has a bunch of clients. People love him. He's kind of the known guy in this area when it comes to his particular business. And my husband said to him, what are you going to do? He said, well, I'm going to close it on this date. He goes, what do you mean you're going to close it? You're just going to close it. And my husband said to him, what do you mean? Why are you going to do that? He goes, I just want my time. I want to go out and fish. I want to travel. That's what I want to do. He said, but you worked all these years to gather all this reputation. So, you know, I mean, it's funny whether he, I mean, he, he's excited now thinking about selling it, but at the end of the day, that was his motivation. I want to end this. I want to finish this. And I want to move right. on. Everybody's differential is different. And that's the other thing about coaching people, as I'm sure, you know, we can't coach people on money because that isn't what most people, I mean, yes, there is, but what is money getting you? Money's just paper. It doesn't mean anything, but what is it getting you? What is, where is it bringing you to what you don't have now and you want? And it's often right. time. That's how people get motivated is to ask enough questions to get them to understand. So for your audience, if they don't have a coach, what they should do is sit down and say, okay, let me pick a date of when I would like to retire or when I would like to sell my business, even if it's not retirement. It doesn't matter what the date is necessarily. They don't have to marry it put it down on paper and then say, okay, if I had that day tomorrow or whatever that was, what will, what will it look like when I wake up that next day? What will I start and, and get them to really think about. So for all of you, put that down on paper, start thinking about what does that look like? What will I do? Where will I go? Will I, is there a hobby? Is there, and if you start doing that, then you can start visualizing it and it makes it a lot more exciting, a lot more real. And then you, you get a little bit more self-motivated to do it. Yeah. I, I, we, we talk about that all the time. You know, there's so many baby boomers holding on to their businesses these days. They're holding on for longer and longer. And, um, you know, I think it's like, it's, sometimes they're trying to time it as well. Well, they, you know, like you talked about earlier, the great recession, you know, they, the 2009, 2010, they were like, Oh, I, I better hang on to it recovers. Then it recovers and they're making lots of money. Well, I don't want to leave yet. I'll make lots of money. And then all of a sudden right. COVID hits and they're like, Oh, I should have left. Right. And there might be kind of another opportunity coming along, but, you know, maybe there's another recession coming. Maybe there's some, but, you know, what I've seen with good business owners is they can get through all those kind of things. Exactly. Uh, and I think that's where coaching helps because a lot of business owners that I know that are successful do have coaches. Right. And, and the way you get through those is you have a process that, like we talked about before, you have some kind of a process that you follow. And sometimes it'll slightly change with the economy, with things. But the, the biggest problem is we don't really, in, when times are good, it's not as important. Again, we do we do what's important to us. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And, and when things are good, we look the other way and go, yeah, I'll get to it. Right. And by the right. time you get to it, 
it could be a problem. So this is the time to sit down and figure that out. What is your, I mean, I think most importantly, whether it's you as an entrepreneur or whether you have a sales force, that's really where you want to, in my opinion, where you want to start, because that can really run you off the rails. If you can get that straightened out, then, and then your service people, whoever are client facing, that's number one, you can fix the back end stuff, but those are, those are your positive things. Those are the things that people are going to judge you on. Those are the things that your growth is going to come from. Yeah. And, and growth is super important. Yeah. I mean, it's the most important thing. And, you know, I know, obviously, you know this better than I do, but I, I know that when people are wanting to sell a business, they cut back on all their expenses and they try to big up. That's fine, but you don't have to do that in the last six months of your business. Start it now. Do a little bit of that along the way. And if you, again, we can do lots of things in small bites. You know, it, I, I equate a lot of things to, you know, losing weight and working out, right? So somebody wants to lose, you know, 30 pounds and they go, that's it. Like I said before, liquid diet. No, you change little tiny things and you go every day you say, okay, I'm going to do this. Then tomorrow I'm going to do that. And that's exactly how business growth happens. It's a little bit at a time and everybody wants it immediate. It doesn't work like that. But if you start it, you turn around behind you and go, gosh, this is really coming into place. And then you can start saying, okay, I'm ready for what I want to do next. Yeah. I, I remember being mad when I turned 30 years old and I wasn't a business success yet. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I thought it happened in my twenties, you know? Yeah. So, what's success, Andy? I mean, what's success? What do we think? That's the nice yeah, thing about it, right? Right, right, right. What is, is success? And, you know, and I always tell people, you talked about uh, expenses earlier. I usually tell most businesses don't have an expense problem because it seems like entrepreneurs have a good handle on how much they spend. I always tell people, you have a revenue problem. I mean, everybody yes. has revenue problems. They don't yes. have an expense problem. So I know, you know, that's one of your things. You love yes. talking about sales. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's where I have really started. My whole career has always been in coaching salespeople and helping people hire. I mean, to think about that for a minute too, depending on where you are in your business, whether you yourself as an entrepreneur is going out and doing all the selling as well, because entrepreneurs wear a lot of hats. If you are looking to take others on to do that, that is one of the most important things you can do is to hire the right people. And it's not about they've been in your industry before. It's not about how well they shake your hand and slap you on the back in your interview. There's a lot of things that are innate in people. And really what you're looking for when you do hire someone, if, if you're not going to be the only one doing it, is they have to be hungry. It's about hunger. It's about wanting it. It's about doing whatever it takes, you know? And that's what you said before about successful entrepreneurs, successful business people can get through a COVID and get through a recession. There will always be something and they can get through it because they have things in place. They have the right people. They understand how to lead those people. Here, here's the way I explain it to everybody. And I, you know, I was talking to a CEO group one time and, and it was really interesting. I said, so let me ask you guys a question. If your sales manager at the time, they were a little bit larger groups. If your sales manager came to you and said, listen, we have a good amount of clients right now. We're not going to go out and look for any more. If we lose one, we'll try to replace them as soon as we can. But right now we're good. What would you do? And they all went, oh, I'd fire him. I'd get rid of him. And I said, really? That's what you're doing. And they were like, what do you mean? I said, how many salespeople do you have? They all gave me their number. I said, and when do you look for a new one? They said, well, we have territory open when somebody leaves. I said, a salesperson is an asset, not a liability. They're an asset. If they're good, they're bringing revenue into your business. And if they're not good, then get rid of them. But if they're not bringing revenue to your business, so their value is, is a real asset. So you have to find the right ones. You have to lead them properly and teach them the processes to use. Are they hungry? Are they doing whatever it takes? Are they meeting and beating their numbers on a regular basis? If they're not, find somebody who is and look all the time. We don't only look for assets when we need an additional one. We want assets all the time. That's why we sell. So do the same thing with hiring great people. They're not often in Indeed and online. Where they are is working for somebody else. And what your best bet is when your clients, when you talk to your clients, you should say to your clients, besides us, 
Who else comes in and calls on you or picks up the phone? And when they get in here, you take the phone from them and you sit down across the desk from them and you listen to them. Who else do you respect like that? I want to know who they are. I want their name. And then you as a business owner should call that person and say, hey, you and I both work for John. He speaks very highly of you. I'm sure you're very happy where you are. But if you ever are in a situation where you'd like to look around a little bit, I want to be your first call. That you got to start setting that up. Right. Because if you can find it's like, you know, it's like putting together a baseball team. If you have all great players, you're going to kill it. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's really the key to the sales piece. Right. And running a business is like running a team. I mean, it is running a team. It is running a team. It's exactly right. running a team. Yeah. Right. And every and every good team has trainers. <laughs> and, yeah, it absolutely and does. Coaches. I mean, right. You need a coach. And a, a coach is really important. And everybody needs a coach for a different reasons. Some people, when I work for people, some people it's like you keep me accountable. And other people as just laying out things that they've never thought about. You know, maybe they're a a chef and they have a wonderful you know, restaurant or something, but they don't know how to do anything else, but cook. Well, you know, that's, you know, that's the entrepreneurial seizure that we talk about in the book, right. And, you know, Emith, but that, that part is really important. And those are different skills because you're a wonderful chef. You're going to open a restaurant. You have a whole array of different issues that you have to deal with now. So coaching is something that if you want to have other things, because what you're really good at, may or may not include that piece. So it's you know somebody looking from the outside and saying, okay, here are the issues. Here's where you need to start. Here's what we need to do. And then somebody that on the same page, the same thought process, then you'll work along with them. You do the work. They'll help you understand what those steps are to move you forward. Excellent. All excellent. Excellent stuff, Greta. I really I appreciate it. If somebody wants to get in touch with you to work with you, what's the best way to do that? Best way to do that is emailing me. It's Greta, G-R-E-T-A, at Shulz.com. And Shulz is S-C-H-U-L-Z. There's no T. I can't tell you how many times that happens. I'm sure um, But yeah, yeah, I'm sure a lot. But, uh, you know, this, yeah, this is... Super fun, and I'm glad we did this. If anybody, even if you guys want to get in touch with me for whatever reason, but if you hang this up or you, you know, you, you're listening to the podcast and you go, I have a question, just email me. I'll answer your question. It's okay, you know. So just email me and ask me, and I'll go ahead and go back and forth with you to answer your question. So you're you're a very giving person. I know you you do a lot in the community, so I, you know we appreciate that. And and yes, she will answer your questions. And I am looking forward to watching or viewing or listening to your podcast, Pivot with Greta Schultz. I'm and I'm so excited to start, I'm just starting it up. I'm excited. Of course, I'm going to have you on it. I wouldn't, I would love to do that. So I'll let you know and we'll let everybody know when that's going to happen. Excellent. Thanks for joining us today. I really Thanks, Andy. It. Hey, Andy, do you know what time it is? It's time for our deal of the week. Deal of the week. Sold. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is deal of the week and I am with the Holly Shea from Trans World Business Advisors of Central Oregon. And she just had a really nice deal sell. And it was in the commercial cleaning business, correct? Correct. Yep, it is. So tell me about the business. So um, the, the sellers, they had built this business for over 10 years, did a great job building it up. Um, SD was like 450000 And we were able to sell it at $1.15. And we sold it all cash. All cash offer <laughs> over a three-time multiple. Sounds like a great deal. It was. It was absolutely. Um, seller was really happy. Buyers are happy because um, they had just moved here and she was looking to find something to do here and it was a perfect match for her. So it was an individual buyer, wasn't a corporate strategic buyer? Mm -mm. It was an individual buyer who actually came from Florida. <laughs> ah, excellent. I'm glad we were able to send some folks here to Central Oregon, which is Absolutely gorgeous if you've never been here. So not surprising that people are moving from Florida to come here and you found them a great business. We did. We absolutely did. And it's the perfect match. And um, they're just happy to take over and move on. And it was all cash, no financing, or did they get SBA financing? Um, no financing. No all financing. Cash. All <laughs> cash. Yeah, I mean, that seller was very happy. So if, yes. if yes. somebody out there wants to sell their business and be very happy, 
what's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, contact me at hchoe at um, tworld.com or call us at 541-920-9026. Or just look for her on social media because she is the queen of social media for oh. Transworld. So thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Deal Board. As you know, today, Andy and I are talking all about how we can improve the value of our company really through documenting processes and procedures or standard operating processes. And I have an expert with me today that I think you're going to get a lot of information out of, Daphne Securis, who's going to join us. She's going to talk about all things, SOPs, processes, everything. I think it's going to be a great conversation. Daphne, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thanks. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit before we dive into our topics and questions, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company. Sure. Um, So I'm the CEO and founder of LaunchPoint and me and my team are like the nerds you bring into your business to get everything documented and streamlined. So we mostly work with businesses that are anywhere on the journey from one to 10 million and you know, they're either looking to maybe exit their business one day or maybe just not work all the time or not reinvent the wheel all the time. So they need someone to come in and help them become really efficient and document things. And that's where we come into the picture. Nice. I love it. Uh, we did in our business a few years ago and it totally changed the game. Let's start by, let's just talk about the importance of processes and systems. And maybe even before then, let's just go something basic. Like what do you, what do you, what's your definition of a process or a system? Really anything. So there are a lot of companies that we come into and like, oh, we have a process that's documented. And then they give us all these documents that are like how to's like, this is how you set up your email. This is how you log into Microsoft teams. And I'm like, sure, this is great, but this isn't a process. This isn't a system. This is like how you do one task in an intricate web of things. So to me, processes and systems, they really explain the overall structure of how everything works together. So you have your like macro processes and then you're going into your like web of micro processes. But to me, you have to have that full scope of things in order to call it a process or a system. Mm, I love that because like a lot, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are saying like, oh, I have everything documented, like, but they're all how to's like how to put somebody into a CRM system. Like maybe even they have like, this is how we handle a sales call, but they're all how to's and not a full process or system. So how important do you think are processes and systems to the success of a company? Uh, Well, I'm probably a little biased on this topic, uh, but my answer is very important. I mean, when we first start our businesses, um, it's very common to not have any documented processes or very few. And honestly, in the beginning, that's probably the thing that keeps us like nimble and agile and flexible. And we can, you know, shift on a dime and do things differently because we're trying to get our business off the ground. But then you scale in revenue and you scale in people and all of a sudden you're also scaling in complexity. And if you're not taking the time to document that, then really it just turns into a bunch more complexity. And all of a sudden, you know, you're stunting your growth. You have a job. You don't own a business. And I feel like you also lose out on a lot of innovation and creativity from your team because they're needing to use their brain power and mental capacity on how do I do my day-to-day job and how am I successful in that versus, hey, we have a proven system for that and I can do it in my sleep. But now I can also use that extra brain power to be like, hey, what if we innovated this way? What if we did this? What if we served our clients in that way? So it's extremely important to me. Yeah. It's really interesting because as you were talking, I was thinking like it's almost like a mindset shift that you have to have as a business owner, because you're right as entrepreneurs. And when we first start our companies, we have to be agile and flexible. And because we don't really know what system's going to work yet, but especially a lot of our listeners, we're talking about people that are more mature in their business development, moving towards an exit in the future in some way. And, and you have to shift from out of that, you know, flexibility, like you still want to be flexible and adaptable, but everything being in the owner's head and figuring out as we go to something that's replicatable. Um, so th- that was something I pulled out of like your comments and I'm, I don't know if I'm putting words in your mouth, but it feels to me like when you're talking about, it, I was like, Oh my God, that's just a totally different mindset of how to run a business. 
Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. And, you know, like you said, when we are a startup company, it's hard to put into words like, great, we're going to run our, you know, customer delivery process this way. Like you don't know what's going to work yet. You have to iterate on it for a while until you're like, Hey, I'm willing to set it in stone. This is how we serve our clients until we innovate on a better way to do it. Yeah. All right. So moving on, that's actually a great transition to our next topic. And this is probably one I'm sure you could talk about hours on, but so you decide, okay, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to document all these processes. Like, how do you even do that? Or like, where do you start in identifying if you have a process or if you don't have a process? Like, what are, what are the first steps? Yeah, this is where a lot of business owners go into analysis paralysis. You know, yeah. there's so many different ways to go. And like you say, like, what processes do I even have? What, what's even going on here? So that's where I really like to revert back to those, looking at those macro processes So let's just identify the big buckets of your business. You probably have finance, HR, sales, you know, client onboarding, client delivery. So identify those big buckets. And then from there, you know, take your client delivery bucket and say, what major processes do I have as part of my client delivery? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what services do I deliver? How do we deliver them? What processes do I need to document in order for my team to be successful in delivering on these services. Um, So then you go from those macro processes into micro processes. So you look at your macro workflow, you start with some micro process mapping. And then from there is when you can write your SOPs. And like we talked about SOPs, you know, don't just write a how-to, write like, why do we have this process in place? Who's responsible, you know, for whether this process goes well or not? What's the KPI that measures if we were successful in executing this SOP or not? You know, what software programs are included? Here are some how-to videos on how we use those to manage this process and really put together a cohesive one to two page document that can easily show someone in your business how you run this process from A through Z. So I I think it totally makes sense, but sitting here, I can imagine some people get overwhelmed by the process of documenting and identifying those processes. Like how do you, how, how do you not get overwhelmed by that process? I'm sure that's like, that's a, a lot of what, what you guys do and why you exist, but is there any words of advice you have for our listeners of like, just don't get overwhelmed by this whole thing? Yeah. I would say, don't try to get like too much in the weeds and in the details at first, you know, identify one area of your business that's really important for you to document. You know, maybe you have one person that has a really critical position within your company. And if they ever won the lottery or wanted to take a two week vacation, there's no one that can back them up. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you know that you can grow your revenue significantly if you shift some things around in sales, or you could serve your clients, you know, 25% more efficiently if you just looked at those processes. So I would just choose that one area of your business that you want to focus on first Mm -hmm. and don't go into those SOPs immediately. Start with your business process mapping that just has the core steps and, you know, look at streamlining and solving pain points from there. And then when you're happy with what that looks like, you know, then you can go into documenting your SOPs or you can jump into another area of focus where you feel like you want to do that process mapping and it would be really beneficial. Awesome. I love that. Are there any tools or or resources? I mean, this would be a good place to give a plug for your company too, of where business owners can get um, get help for doing this as well. Um, yes. I mean, Lucidchart is a great software where business owners can do it themselves. Mural is another great one. Um, I have yet to come across a, a lot of companies that do what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, companies can also always do their own business process mapping and you can bring an expert in after the fact to validate what you've done. Um, and then obviously there's a lot of great books out there on this topic. Any company that runs on EOS, they'll probably do a pretty good job with their business process mapping. And then when they need to dive into the details, that's where they can get a little bit lost. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into those details a little bit. So we're going to, you know, invest in this, uh, the, the business process mapping process and to develop these systems and everything. Obviously at yeah. the end of the day, we want people to read these and follow these. Right. And I'm sure that I'm the only one, but part of where I've struggled with is not the actual documentation identifying and, you know, making it pretty and everything, but getting people to follow it um, and read it and use it as a resource. 
Um, and I know in EOS, we call it like followed by all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that you have documented processes and they're followed by all, meaning all of your employees, your contractors, everything like that. Let's talk a little bit about that. How challenging is that to pull off? And, you know, do you have any tips or tricks for our listeners on that that side of it? Um, it's a challenge we hear a lot, but sometimes I think it's also a misperception. Mm. Um, as business owners, and I was just on a client meeting before this, and the business owner said, well, my project managers don't do this step of the process soon enough. Like they always leave it too late and they don't get it done fast enough. And it's just because they're not good at their jobs. Mm. Okay. That's certainly one way of looking at it because you feel like you have this documented, it's in your project management system. But did you ask your project managers why they always get it done too late? You know, do they have enough time? Do they have the resources they need? So it's really important to involve the team that are responsible for executing that process to ask those questions instead of just saying, hey, I documented this process and you should follow it. Mm, Not not very enlightened. (laughs) Right. Very good point. Very good point. Involve the team. And I assume they, they could like help actually document the process too. So maybe you don't have to do it all on your own. Absolutely. And involving them in that can create a lot of buy-in into the process too, because they don't feel like you're just telling them how to do their jobs or getting input to say, Hey, this is how this process currently works. Here's how I would innovate. And, you know, here's how I would make things better. And here's what I feel like is working really well. So, um, Daphne, two final questions before uh, I let you go. First is like, if someone's listening to this podcast and let's say they haven't started anything, like what, what is the first step? And I think you've repeated a few times, but let's just make it super clear. If you've never gone into processes or systems or documenting in your business, your first step is what? Your first step is to identify like your major pain point or goal of why you want to document processes. Maybe that is because you want to sell your company. Well, then maybe you have to look at who do you have that if they left the company, including yourself, you would have a critical loss of knowledge. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like I said earlier, where do you think that you could have the best, you know, return on investment if you implemented processes? So identify that core area first and then boil down from there. Awesome. Love it. Core area first. And Daphne, if people want to get in touch with you, they want to learn more about what you do, learn more about what the company does and, and maybe even work together, how can they reach you? Um, they can check us out at launchpointco.com. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So, you know, feel free to find me there. Um, and they can always just shoot me an email. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much for our time together today. We'll drop all that information in the show notes for you listeners as well. If you want to reach out directly to Daphne, Daphne, thanks for being on the deal board. And we hope to have you back again soon. Thank you. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time. Almost. It's time for listing of the week. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And it is listing of the week. And I have Rick Rail from Transworld Business Advisors of the Valley. What do we? Coachella Valley. Coachella Valley. And how could I forget Coachella? We were just talking about music. And uh, Coachella is one of the biggest festivals in the world. So so Rick, uh, and we were talking about music before we started this, but we're not here to talk about music, but we are talking about a high-end kind of business that you have for sale. That's right, Andy. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we have a very unique opportunity here with a high-end couture handbag company. And this is a, a company that was big and famous uh, back in the golden years of Hollywood in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, and they produced uh, very expensive, very high fashion um, handbags for uh, the A-listers of the time. And the the Sun restarted the company in 2015, and they have done just a phenomenal job getting their placement with uh, celebrities, uh, big, big names, and influencers all over social media. There's millions and millions and millions of impressions through through, um, advertising and social media that they've been able to achieve. They were really ramping up and then the COVID hit and it just stopped them in their tracks. Their their clients 
ceased selling the, the uh, product or went out of business. Their biggest plant actually went bankrupt, went out of business. So right. they were left with this great uh, momentum that they couldn't continue. They ran out of the capital to be able to, to do it. So now they've made the decision that they need to part with it. So you, you have a business that's effectively an asset sale. They have uh, a lot of, they have inventory. They have uh, the cool thing, how they do the designs is they have a collection of all of the original bags and mm-hmm. they will take the older samples and reimagine them. They will be for the most part, the silhouettes and the, the, um, things will be the same, but they will add a 2022 twist to it. It might be with technology or, or uh, materials or, or however they do it. So these new ones are going and uh, they have them you know, placed on all the, the A-listers out there. Uh, so that's, that's what we've got uh, you know, to offer out there for somebody who's you know, looking to be part of the exciting high couture fashion industry you know, or it's a great entree into somebody who has already has a line of uh, maybe clothing or or shoes or apparel, and and they want to add this accessory at the top. You can't just buy your way into the top. You have to have some. Um, you have to be there, and and these this company has earned their way to the top of the list, and uh, now it's somebody else's opportunity to to make it happen. Yeah, sounds like a great opportunity. And um, have you put a price on it, or is that negotiable at this point? The price the price is set at two million dollars, and it's negotiable. It's right. very difficult to. I think this could be worth ten million. It could be worth. Uh, yeah, it's it's worth what somebody can make out of it. And, right. and there's a lot of money. And if, <laughs> we've all been watching uh, the stock market lately. And if you would have invested in Chanel and YSL handbags uh, back before the pandemic, you'd make a whole lot more money than if you put it in the stock market. They're absolutely not just uh, to carry around and look pretty. They are now also investments. Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing the resurgence of certainly events uh, and people going out and dressing up. And it's almost like it's an in thing now where these accessories and handbags and high end. Uh, especially with all this social media and influencers, uh, these brands can become very, very valuable. So we we have a unique opportunity for someone to jump in now. Rick, what's the best way to get in touch with you if somebody wants to learn more about it? Uh, give me give me a call. I'm at 760-766-3881 or send me an email at rrail, R-R-A-Y-L at tworld.com. Great. Sounds like a great business. Good luck. I'm sure there will be a lot of action. Great. Well, thanks, Andy. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we are talking about coaching. We're talking about making your business better, whether it be for sale or just the reason to make your business better. And we've been talking about kind of what does it take to get to the next level. And I have a very special guest, Michael Dill, uh, Coach Michael from Action Coach, and he's special. You know why you're special, Michael? Because you probably, uh, I'm not saying probably, you do handle, you do coach probably our number one client in Jeff and Jonathan. They've been on the show before. And so, you know, a lot of people talking about, we constantly talk about doing acquisitions and growing your business and getting your business ready for sale. And a lot of people just can't do it. And so, there's a reason Jeff and Jonathan hired you. So why don't you, number one, introduce yourself. And number two, we'll get into like how Jonathan and Jeff use your program. Absolutely. Well, my name is Michael Dill. I'm an action coach. I bought an action coach franchise 10 years ago. First of all, the reason I bought a franchise, I didn't want to go at it alone. I'm smart enough to know you can't do it alone. Uh, Action coach has been around actually Andy, we just celebrated our 29th year anniversary at our global conference in Maui, which was not all that bad. No, it's nice. Uh, So I've got a lot of people behind me. And uh, essentially, I I enjoy helping people grow both personally and professionally. And um, it's great having somebody in your corner that's unbiased. It's a second set of eyes and seeing things you're not going to see. When you're in the grind every day, you're missing 80% of it. So that's really the value I bring. And I take a lot of pride of building leaders, growing teams and helping them build their bottom line. 
That's great. And you have a program for that action. What's it called? Action. Attitude, Attitude. action, results. Attitude. Right. Absolutely. Attitude, action, results. And actually where it came from was when I was a financial advisor, when I got a little butt kicking in 2000 with the dot-com bubble uh, and any adversity and any time like that, I was stuck. I was not having fun. And I finally figured out the reason I wasn't having fun, Andy, is because I was letting everything I could not control, control my mindset. And that was taking me down. And I figured out all I got to do is control this, my mindset, get my head right in the morning, do whatever I need to do to get that right, take the right action. And honestly, back then in 2000, all I had to do was pick up the phones and talk to my clients and somebody else's. As easy as that sounds, it was difficult for a lot of advisors to do. And I learned that as long as I keep my mind right, and take the proper action, results come. And I just transfer that into my coaching business because it's no different in anything in business and in life. That's awesome. And so uh, you do coach Jonathan and Jeff, and I'm not going to make you give away any of their internal secrets, but you know, there's a reason why they work well together and, and there's a reason why they've been able to do all these acquisitions and kind of get their business right. So you want to talk about a little bit about, you know, some of that process that you do with them? Absolutely. Actually, we just celebrated our four-year anniversary working together. We talked a lot about uh, exactly what you just brought up, uh, how we work together. And um, we joked about it a little bit when we first made, first made our contact. And the biggest reason they really hired me, they both realized that they really wanted to go to another level and they needed some, an outside influence. And they, they talked about the fact that they were building their team, you know, Transworld um, being part of their team, the advisors that could help them make the right decisions, find, right, find the right companies, having the proper attorney, the proper accountant. And they realized they needed someone to guide them and coach them along the way. And Randy Bring, as you know, uh, one of your top guys, introduced me to them. And actually, I told them uh, John and Jeff that I manifested them. Because as you know, Randy runs hard. Randy's, yeah, Randy's sure. up, I think he drinks more cups of coffee before the sun rises before he, he, outside of anybody in the world I know. And he runs hard. He's always working his butt off to deliver the goods to his clients. And I told him one day, I said, you know, Randy, you and I are in each other's playground every day and we should be rock star strategic alliances and we're not. And I know for a fact that you have the perfect client for me in your back pocket. You just haven't slowed down long enough to think about it. So do me a favor, slow down and think about it. Randy called me three days later, said, Mike, I think I got the perfect client for you. And boom, Jeff and John. There you and go. I think the biggest value, and I remember when they were making an acquisition of uh, the Diaz brothers. Yes. And it was during a time when there was a lot of things going on with Diaz brothers at the time. And being able to let them know that you are the perfect fit for this organization. These people are waiting for leaders like you to come along and lead their organization. Because the other brothers, I believe, had a couple of people pass away. So the leadership kind of went away. I said they have leaders in the organization as far as the team leaders, but they don't have an owner that's leading the company. And you two are perfect. So they're waiting for you. All you have to do is show up. And so that really eased them into realizing that, yes, they were the right fit. So having that outside influence to guide people and making those tough decisions, I think that's a tremendous amount of value. And I remember, I remember some of the conversations we had because they were perplexed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to integrate companies and they've done it with diverse kind of acquisitions too. It's not exactly the same kind of business that they've been buying over and over. So, you know, that kind of brings me to, you know, part of our discussion is, you know, a lot of people want to do things and they say they're going to do things and they read the books and they listen to our podcast and then they leave and they never do anything. You know, it's part of that, you know, they might have the attitude, they don't have the action. So what do you think is lack, lacking in that kind of transition right there? Well, what's interesting, Andy, is uh, being a coach, uh, I always believe is people have to earn the right. A lot of people like to talk out loud and, you know, talk to experts like yourself and talk out loud and get information. Uh, and there's different type of behaviors in people. Some people just have no problem 
taking action. Some people have to be labor on taking action. They have to research everything. They, they take their time. So I realize there's all types of individuals that I could tell somebody when I sit down to them, like Jeff and John, I say, okay, you guys ready to go or what? I say, yeah. Somebody else I would sit down with knowing their behavior, say, oh, is this something you need to think about? You need to speak to anybody else. Is there anything more you need? So really understanding the behavior of the person you're speaking to, but it really comes down, what's your commitment? I mean, what is the vision? What do you want? Um, and if they want more, I really let them know that you and I are speaking for a reason. You want more and you can't do it alone. So we're having a conversation on it for a reason. And if you want to move forward, I recommend you do, but I can't, I can't forced you to do it. I read your book and some of the stories about the folks that did not take your advice. Uh, it, was, um, <laughs> it was quite entertaining because I've seen that a lot myself. People have an ego and you got to get past the ego. You got to take your guard down. You just got to trust people and say, hey, listen, this is what I do for a living. This is what I do. So if you want to go where you want to go, I'm the guy to help you. If you, if you don't, knock yourself out and do it on your own. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that you always are working on uh, entrepreneurs. In fact, speaking of your book, I got one right here. Knock Beautiful. It Out of the Park Leadership by Michael Dill, The ABCs of Entrepreneurial Success. And uh, we talked about uh, each of us writing our separate books. It also is a number one Amazon bestseller. And so, you know, you talk about the ABCs of entrepreneurial success, and one of them is being coached. And we talk about a lot of things that go into getting your business ready for sale. Is there any of the ABCs that you, you know, you particularly like to uh, give everybody well, a little tease of what's in the book? Uh, human capital. Know the value of human capital. I was telling Jeff and John when they bought, we bought three companies together. And I said, it's not necessarily the inventory or the clients, it's the people that come. And the biggest thing is a lot of business owners, I think they miss the link of what makes a business successful. And the, the proper cycle of a business is the business owner's one job is to take care of the team. The team takes care of the customer, the customer takes care of the business, and the business takes care of the owner. What that means is as long as you're doing everything you need to do to create the right culture and the right brand and the right systems and strategies and structures so your team is aligned and they feel good about themselves, they're going to go out and perform at a high level. And when your team is performing at a high level, customers happy. They're going to come back more often. They're going to tell their colleagues and friends. And the customers take care of the business because everyone starts a business to create the wealth and abundance so we can do what we want, when we want, with whoever we want, whenever we want. But I think a lot of business owners get caught in the cycle of getting stuck in the business. Just make it about your team. The team will run the show as long as you do everything right. And that's where someone like myself comes in because I can give them all the systems and structure and the right culture and how to align the entire team so they don't have to be running the show. Yeah, and that that's great that's, advice. I mean, working on your business instead of in your business. Uh, I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs get sucked up into that. And as to our point of this whole conversation as to this podcast specifically, you know, selling your business, you don't want to be stuck in your business. You know, you, you the team has to has to perform for the next owner. And having a team that's ready to perform for the next owner is is part of what you can help a business get ready to do. Absolutely. And, and what Jeff and John is smart is every time they acquire a company, we do a team day to align the new people with the existing people. We spend an entire day aligning everyone on the same page, talking about what they've learned, what we're going doing forward, talking about the culture. So anytime it's just you just don't put the, the, the people in and say, OK, Monday morning, let's get to work. No, let's get everybody on the same page. Let's just get everybody involved so they can give their opinions, their views, and get feedback and so on and so forth. And every acquisition they make, the prior acquisition, some of the folks say, you know, I was a little apprehensive. You two new guys coming in by our company, I wasn't sure. But I can tell you from working with these guys that 
you made the right choice by you know, you're, you're very fortunate that by bought by these gentlemen and as long as you just follow the culture we're going to be a huge success so it's it's very helpful for new people coming in well i think i think that advice is very timely because i'm not sure i see an end to the lack of human capital that's out there or the the scarcity of it i mean it's certainly tough it is and you have you know i when I was a new coach, Andy, there's a company, I won't mention their name. They've been around for 90 years. They're in the music industry. And they are the, to me, they were the brand. Now I'm thinking as a new coach, I'm going to walk into this place, 90 years in business. I'm going to learn something. I'm going to learn how to do it right. Because you can't be in business for 90 years and be an icon and not be something special. So I walk in and the manager was at the front desk with his feet up on the desk, on the phone, didn't even acknowledge me. Okay. I go into this special area of the place and I ask this girl, I said, so this is a little bit special area. What's your qualifications to be in this area? I know what I'm doing. Sorry. Then I walk out, I go to the sales guy. And I said, um, this is a national brand, been around for almost 90 years. So what make you so excited to represent this company? I needed a job. I walked out confused. And now I'm a new coach. And now I'm going to, my coach is telling me, well, you're going to call up the company. I'm like, you call up. I mean, I've been around for 90 years. I've been in business for three months. What am I going to say? I mean, who am I? It took me three months to get the courage to actually make the phone call. And I called up and I said, you know, and it was a second line at that time because obviously the owner had passed. I told about my experience. And I said, you know, I was, a I'm a little confused. And his answer was, he goes, I know this is the answer you're not going to want to hear, but sometimes you just got to fill a seat. I'm like, you kidding me? You have a worldwide brand. You're an icon in the industry, a pioneer, and your hiring strategy is you just got to fill a seat? And he got pretty quiet. And we, we did some team stuff there. The thing is, you have to get clear on your culture and who fits into your brand, who fits into your culture. They have to earn the right to represent our brand. And when we're clear on who we're looking for, I truly believe when you show up right, the right people will show up. And if you're just looking to fill a seat, you're going to be on a hiring process and retention. You're going to be going through the same cycle over and over. And yeah, it's tough out there. But I tell my clients, I said, just be clear on who you are. You got to keep on shifting. Uh, and another thing in my book is 16 cylinders. You know, you can hire anybody on a, a nice, sweet, pretty resume. Who cares? Give me somebody that has heart and is willing to do whatever it takes. We can teach them skills and knowledge. The others that bring the baggage, we can't. So be really clear on who you're looking for and who fits in. Yeah, it's funny. I, I just got off a call with one of my franchisees and they said, so they wanted to hire a manager, a sales manager. And they said, so how important is it that they know business programs? I'm like, it's not. It's like, you know that. You need you need someone who's going to be a good coach. You need someone that's going to be a good manager. So I, I'm looking for managerial skills. I'm not looking for, you know, my specific industry. We'll, we'll teach them that along the way. Absolutely. I need someone who's good with people. Absolutely. So, I work with many attorneys. They say, coach, you're not an attorney. How the hell are you going to? Help me build my business. I said, I don't need to know your business. That's that's your job to know it. I get you to do what you need to do to build your business and hire the right people and create the right culture and how to retention strategies and so on and so forth. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I yeah, obviously, uh, that's what it takes. It takes someone that, you know, I always tell people that people have paralysis by analysis and uh you know, they might have the aptitude, but they don't have the attitude. Like you said, you need to have the attitude to get the results. Uh, so uh, th this has been a great conversation. And uh, Michael, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you to learn more about your coaching, uh, your services and action coach, what's the best way to do that? Well, my email address is michaeldill at actioncoach.com. My website is businesscoachmichaeldill.com. And my phone number is 954-675-9536. I recommend that, and it, just like you have, pick up my book, read the book. the book. All the information's in there. Call me. And when you're ready, 
to go to the next level, give me a call. I'll help you get there. Yeah, I, I, I promise that your conversation with Michael will be an easy one and a good one and productive. So I appreciate it. Michael, thank you so much for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me as your guest. It's been awesome. Thank you, Andy. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey, welcome back. And it is Listing of the Week. And we have Michael Morrissey from Transworld Business Advisors of Portland. And you have a nice listing for us today. I do. I've got a pet supply store. It's been in business for about 10 years. And it's in a very popular Portland area neighborhood that loves their pets with a lot of foot traffic. Well, I don't think anybody likes their pets because it's only like a $2 billion industry. Yeah, they love their pets. They don't like them. We have a live audience today, which is really cool. So tell us a little bit about the price terms. Well, the price is $351,000 plus inventory. The inventory turns over very, very fast. I haven't seen that in a retail store before. Uh, it's making about $110,000 a year for its owner. So it's fully staffed. It's got a manager in place. It's a dialed-in business. It sounds like a really awesome opportunity. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way? Well, they can email me, mmorsey, Morsi like the singer at tworld.com, or they can call me directly 503-701-1075. Excellent. Sounds like a great deal. Better call you soon. Real soon. Thanks for tuning into the show today. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends on social media. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcasting app. If you have questions, would like to appear, or have suggestions for topics for the show, get in contact with us through our website, thedealboardpodcast.com. Life's soundtrack can feel a bit like, but you can still change the station. With Delta Airlines, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta, keep climbing.